welcome to another episode of Awaken Wednesday. So I know last Saturday on the solo cast that I said we were going to save the Awaken Wednesdays for our app. However, after traveling for the last week in Momo, our Class C, and how fast we travel in it and how hard it is to make time to record, we figured that it might be better just to keep nurturing the Awaken Wednesday here. And on top of it, we just get so inspired by so much stuff that we're consuming on podcasts and YouTube that we feel like if we wait until the app is fully launched in July, that we might lose momentum on all these amazing ideas. And I would hate for your life not to be filled to the brim with joy, excitement, and the sound of a diesel truck. So without further ado, Isabel and Gabby are joining me today again. Uh, we are in the parking lot of uh, a state park in the middle of Nevada where nobody would ever think water existed, but we had to pull up for Victor to work. We thought, all right, it's Wednesday, let's film. So here we go. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically Live outside the box. Dream big. And question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with Nomads with a Purpose. So, welcome back to Awaken Wednesdays. I'm so glad that Isabel and Gabby are joining me here because I see them every day and it just makes me happy. <laughs> glad to be here, Robin. So excited. <laughs> you know what the weird thing is? Is like all these talks that we do on this podcast when we do Awaken Wednesdays is like our normal talk day in and day out. It's just so funny to be like officially stop and hit the record button while we're having these discussions. Yes, for sure. I feel like in some ways we actually, we need to have it recording more often. Of course, we couldn't literally have a podcast recording all the time, but it's almost like we need to because the conversation comes out uh, just even more authentic if it were outside of the podcast film studio. Yeah, we we yes. just uh, hiked up to Ice Lake in um, Joseph, Oregon, the Wallowa Mountains. And really, I was thinking how, man, we should have just had the GoPro recording our conversations as we <laughs> go up. It's totally unrealistic. That's what it, totally. What it, yeah. Yeah, you it, hear us hopping and puffing. And the so GoPro sick. all like... <laughs> And it's hard because it's not like these aren't authentic ideas. However, we have to take all those authentic ideas and like, okay, you cover this part that we were talking about, then you cover this part. And so it ends up like, it's really weird on your brain to like re to reformat the yes. original thought into a presentation. So we hope you enjoy this because we have some deep stuff that we're going to dive into. Uh, it's always hard to choose which of the deep things that we're contemplating in life, but I felt like the most relevant, and if it's relevant to me, it means I'm pulling from about a hundred different ideas to, to make it relevant. But I thought the most relevant one that I'm thinking about the most is this concept of health and wealth are purely a function of my thought process. And we just listened to Andy Coffin be interviewed on The Way Forward. And we also listened to Troy Casey interviewed on Alpha Vedic. Now, 
two extremely different personalities, right? Uh, totally, totally. I mean, George, tell the extremes real quick. If we're... Anna Casey's like you, more like, hi, I'm the loud type eight, I'm going to state my opinion. And then Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman is definitely type Enneagram five. He's definitely Very the most composed, um, logical, rational. Um, I mean, it's almost the extreme of dad and I, but it's probably more the extreme of Danny and I. Yeah. Yes, he's like similar to Danny's personality, but also it's really impressive to have that that personality type. It's really that personality type's most ideal growth form because that Andy Kaufman is doing research with Tom Cowan on like the most open-minded, uh, out there, revolutionizing um, health aspects of health that could really change the way everyone thinks about health and sickness. Oh, and it's, it's so, so true. And that's why it's a touchy subject. And, you know, I might get people turning this off, definitely some negative comments. But when I shifted my mindset, when I first listened to Tom Cohen and Andy Kaufman's ideas behind how and what viruses really are, the freedom I felt internally was like so self-perpetuating because not only did it free me from fear of sickness or catching a virus or any of those things but simultaneously it made me aware that mentally just through the thoughts that I hold in my head I can create an optimal um, environment for for like true health and do you guys want to add to that before I tie in sorry yeah, you can go, go ahead I, and so what it was either. weird to me is because simultaneously we're, we're trying to launch this app and um, I wrote a book, you know, a couple years ago, Playful Life. And the big thing with the Playful Life was that it was like, okay, I'd always been in the health and fitness industry. And so I, I was in the mindset of like, you need to burn X number of calories. I mean, I grew up in the 80s. We joked that Victor and I, when we first moved into our college apartment, it was filled with fat-free hot dogs and fat-free red vines. Like, how dumb were we that we were eating that? But we thought, oh, it's fat-free. And like, oh, you can't eat an avocado. There's so much fat in that. I literally remember feeling guilty eating guacamole when I was like 19 <laughs> and now like I'll tell people like you're in a bind run into Walmart they sell guacamole pre-made just eat a tub of guacamole so who knows two ten years from now I might be saying something totally different but this idea that fitness is a function of calories in versus calories out is ridiculous and it, but you usually have to learn it firsthand so i started with like i was always exercising eating super clean or what i thought was super clean for a while and it looked okay but then all of a sudden like five pregnancies gaining 50 pounds losing 50 pounds five times over and then to going into surfing just for the pure joy of surfing and being able to kind of eat whatever i want and feeling amazing, looking as lean as I'd ever been, I was like, wait a second, I'm on to something. There's something to this, like this whole calorie in, calorie out, there's more to that. And so at the time I thought, well, it's just hormone function. It's just the, the way the anaerobic system and there's something to be said for that too. But then I went a step further after years of surfing thinking, you know, it's not the surfing. It's the, it's the time and space of sitting in between sets and i know gabby's gonna be able to chime in on this that like there's something that happens to your mentality that if you choose to listen you know you can easily sit out there and not necessarily listen but for me i'd sit out there and just contemplate my thoughts become so aware of my thoughts and then obviously that led to like hey my thoughts are telling me that this reality that we live in this rat race this achievement-based um society this is not for me. And so then we go to 
to traveling and to road tripping and then you have more quiet space and Isabel's going to be able to chime in on this that we have all this quiet space to reflect on your thoughts and all of a sudden you're like whoa this is vibrancy this is this is the energetic field that that creates health and so it's real easy when I, you hear Andy Kaufman or Tom Cohen say like terrain theory and explain it you're like well yeah duh of course yeah yeah you said the word vibrancy and it's funny because recently i've been thinking how it's taken me until this last maybe five to six months to actually feel like wow i feel really vibrant as a person and before that i don't think i felt like that even though we've been eating healthy for a really long time and ironically i think it's actually come from the realization from reading the map of consciousness um and coming to two ends like realizing that a health is not just a function of food and and be actually doing the work to overcome the energetic blockages that are holding you in that um, non-vibrancy because like we've been eating healthy for so long I've been strict no I can't have gluten or dairy or had the belief that I couldn't have gluten and dairy for so long and yet I wouldn't maybe there are times when I would have periods like yeah I feel so great I'm like you know I'm still an athlete and so I'm still gonna be like energetic in that way but feeling vibrant in all aspects is a totally different conversation yeah um do you feel like one thing I notice in you is like I don't want to say a detachment, but a little bit less attachment. Like you have more vibrancy because you seem like more emotionally free. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm I'm trying to. Yeah. And I think I didn't, I didn't realize that. So it's interesting because I read the map of consciousness book, um, right around the same time. I think the first like, uh, kind of like red pill, the health awakening in that way was when we listened to, uh, Dr. Melissa Sell on the way forward. And then it just kept getting repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. And then all of a sudden it's just become so like the norm for us to be like, yeah, duh, health is a result of emotional liberation. It's actually kind of funny because now at this point we've talked about it so much that even in our family, our two youngest siblings, Jariah and Tati, will now make jokes. Anytime we say like, even if we run into something like, ow, I hit a corner or ow, this hurts or gee, my knee hurts, they'll suddenly say, repressed emotion. (laughs) They say like a joke. Okay, okay, we can share, we can share Tati's card. Yeah, for Father's Day, Tati did like a, what is it, an acronym? Um, yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? Oh, an acronym? Yeah. Well, she's, she's all super, super dad. dad, and she's like, S stands for blank. And then she got to the R at the end of super, and she's like, R for repressed emotion. Yeah, it's a super casual. Every 10-year-old tells their father that they have repressed emotions, right? <laughs> I really feel like it's such a weird thing to be thinking about this and how it's so against the mainstream to think that emotions are playing on our physical health. When if you really think about it, if you're say you're explaining an emotion to someone and or when you're a kid you ask them, how are you feeling? So it's a feeling in your body. It's coinciding with the body and yet we think it's different. And I also think it really has to do with the chakras. I really feel like you can see how much physical and emotional body play hand in hand through the chakras because if you've listened to our recent podcast or if you've been on our YouTube channel, you know that we talk about the chakras and how each chakra point has a different coinciding uh, emotion to go with it. Like the sacral chakra has to do with creativity and self-worth. And I think that is especially a big one because you can see in so many people around the world that if you have problems with your hips, if you have problems with uh, re- any reproductive organs, it has to do with the emotions of like self-worth, of creativity, of authenticity. And it's crazy how much that goes hand in hand and plays on each other. So 
And I think it's important for us to state in our podcast, because hopefully you follow us for a long time and join the app and follow all of our other channels. But like, we're not here to convince you that we're right. We're here to, to um, inspire you to question for yourself, do your own research. But, you know, I know for a lot of people, the type of health, the type of vibrancy, the, the way we live, if you've never experienced it, you might be like, I don't get it. I don't know. You might not even know you don't get it. And that's not to say that you're not an amazing, awesome, worthy person. It's just, if you don't know, you don't know. Like when I was said, when I was in college and I thought fat-free hot dogs were the epitome of health, I didn't know. And you just, you know, you learn and you question. So the big thing to us is like, I know a lot of people who like would say, very close pe- people to me, family members, but it's just one pill that I take. And I know like di- years go by and like, but it's just two pills I take, but it's just three pills. And that's, o- that's okay. But like, that, I mean, that's okay if you feel like it's okay. That's not okay to me. And what's more important than that is that there's a system lying to you that it's okay. And that's the part where my type eight comes out and I'm like, but that's just not right. That's not right if like nobody's telling you that that um, there's other options. And so it's really exciting when we discover things that are showing proof beyond, like we've talked about the docu-series Proven. Um, you know, you wanna go deep into it, we can bring in, we were listening to the podcast with Tommy John. Um, all these other people are saying what we're already kind of feeling and experiencing. So when we do this app, we were like, okay, we want to unleash your highest potential. So there's a lot of ways to do that. And like one, one of the ways, so if you're going to come to it, and I know this because I battle this with my husband a lot, he's, he's, you know, strength coach, health and fitness first, still a little bit more about like, I've got to be as strong as possible. And I go, well, Take that, take whatever ideology you have or whatever belief system and be like, okay, what does it serve me? Where does it propel me to the next thing? Or question, does it serve my highest potential? So if you're listening, you're like, oh man, Robin, girls, it's like, there's like, it's just one pill. Like I'm pretty healthy. I'm pretty good. But then at the same time, if you're like, okay, well, I'm going to keep taking that or I'm going to keep doing what I've been always doing. And tomorrow it'll get me to my highest potential. Do you guys think like that's kind of what we're trying to do with this app is to be like, hey, instead of like holding on to your belief system where you are now, question like, well, what could I do to get to my highest potential tomorrow? And maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's food. Maybe it's a belief system. Maybe it's. Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, I wanted to note on the whole medication thing. It's just one pill is that overall the podcast we've listened to. I mean, I've personally heard a lot about how bad all the pills are that they are giving you and what I really think of it is such a big deal is that, in my opinion, always they're used as like a, um, like to uh, not solve the problem. To mask to, it, yeah. Yeah. To, uh, or to address the symptom and not necessarily Look address the root. the root issue. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And like, I think that's a big one. I mean, that's just Western medicine in general is like that. I mean, it's good if you have like, if you have a broken arm, you definitely go to the hospital. But as far as medication goes we're actually working on a new shirt for this message so stay stay tuned for it it's pretty awesome but in general medication is trying to just um momentarily hide the wound when really if you have a problem with your body tommy john says this a lot 
It's a sign that there's a problem, your body has a problem with the environment. And so it's saying that there's something wrong with that is bothering your body emotionally or physically. And you need to look at that instead of just covering it up. And I think that's a really huge mindset shift for people that is really hard and also seems really uh, silly, um, especially at times. But I think when you just try to practice taking that mindset shift, it's really, really powerful, especially in like small situations where... Um, I notice, like, uh, when we're in Polson in Montana, some, I'll have way more neck pain because I'm working more. And I could just say, oh, I should stretch it, and, you know, make it feel better momentarily. But if I think about, okay, it's my environment. I'm working too many hours on a computer while I'm here. I'm not doing things that make me thrive emotionally, probably some throat chakra issues there as well. It's a sign from my environment that I need to change instead of, oh, why don't I just, you know, massage, stretch my neck, make it feel better there, momentary uh, fulfillment for it. Or ibuprofen. She might like. We don't. Oh, what is ibuprofen? We're not allowed to take ibuprofen. Actually, <laughs> like, can I mention this really quick though? Yeah. Like, um, back in early 2020, March, I, I, we got really sick for mo a little bit, and we usually don't get that sick. It was. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but I got really sick, and I was really achy, and for once, I took ibuprofen. And for that whole time I was sick, I kept taking it, and she, my mom eventually told me, she said, go off of it, and the first it was pretty bad, but then I started instead take, going off of ibuprofen and walking, and the next day I was recovered. And yeah. Gabby did the same thing, she got it too, she started off with no, like, rare, barely any ibuprofen, she healed way faster. So... We don't know. We don't. We can't prove it, but it did seem to. Can't prove it. it seemed but to work. Like proof right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just our experience. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting um, because with all of it, we bring in uh, who we were listening to. Doctor Bruce Lipton was talking about like the four lies because you know if we're talking allopathic medicine and that that's a lie. Well, what's to say there's not other other laws of nature that we think are truth and aren't and the biggest one that comes up and it i want to bring gabby back in because she's the expert with map of consciousness is this whole quantum reality quantum um physics quantum thinking that matter is energy not there's matter and there's energy matter is energy and and even for me that thought process but if i really like wrap my head around that and let that i talked about this a couple weeks ago in, in um a solo cast like how just visualizing the um, numbers going up on our blog, number of page views, number, you know, monetary success, visualizing it, how it was creating momentum. And so if they talk about that in Map of Consciousness, right? Yeah, and I'm, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm getting this directly from the book or not, or just from all the things I researched, but, you know, your brain can't, dis when you visualize something, your brain can't distinguish the difference between reality like if your brain is already perceiving it as a visual association it's already perceiving it as real it can't distinguish the difference it can't distinguish whether that's the future the past it just is the brain doesn't have that dynamic of oh but this doesn't actually exist if you can bring it into a visual reality it in your mind it seems to exist which then uh creates the law of literal law of attraction in that um the like attracts the like, so you've got that visual association, and then the mind is another difference, so then that it, it draws in the exact same energetic match 
for that frequency that is so that's you're associating with that visual association and i think andy kaufman talked about that too Did remember he? yeah i think a little bit because he didn't want to call it the, necessarily he didn't love like the law of attraction oh, yeah, but yeah. he was he basically was saying, like how like oh you know i don't want to get be like law of attraction but he was yeah he was like yeah the law of attraction kind of but he, and he was talking about it in the sense that for any of us who are concerned about the next um wave of whatever they the pretend economic exists. downfall sort of thing mm. um he's like well yes that exists for all these people who are very um, aware and awake but you also have to manifest the best possible outcome that you want to see okay yeah let's reiterate that was really bit that was really good too because i have my um my karma that i'm trying to overcome is that i'm an over researcher and i want to know or a detective, I guess, in a past life. And I, yeah, I want to know all the facts. And I actually, the more facts I know, the that's actually worse for me. The better I just trust my intuition, it I do better. But I still can't avoid the fact that I love research and I love <laughs> listening to things. And so uh, when... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, when, You're talking about Andy Kaufman and... Uh, oh, and so when he said, like... Uh, if say for me if i go and research like i can tell you about i've i've watched every economic video on youtube about hyperinflation and how the crash is going to occur uh, the financial collapse and that we don't know when but all these signs i can i can tell all that information but if i consume my mind thinking about that in a way i'm manifesting that to happen flip side is like I can tell you I researched so much about crypto and I and different um not just bitcoin but everything on cardano and ether and all these other ones and like if if I can shift my mind into like well this is going to be this is going to create a positive future like you you end up manifesting whatever your thoughts are so while to me someone who uh, ends up being an over analyzer if I spend too much time trying to prepare for the worst case scenario I might be manifesting into play the worst case scenario because my thoughts are on it. And I totally catch that, that I'm like, as soon as that that thought pattern pops up, I try to restructure it in like, oh yeah, there might be this economic collapse, but it's okay because we're self-sufficient in an RV and I trust in people and I know that there's always somebody who would offer us a driveway or whatever it is. That Yeah, yeah. and I think another thing, I'm gonna try not to get sidetracked on this and perfectly say a b c d but if i get sidetracked you can catch me but i think that's also a really hard concept or really scary more accurately a really scary concept for people to think about especially because we're in such a wired and tired state that you feel like oh my gosh how am i supposed to be manifesting all this wealth and abundance when i'm just so exhausted not living the life of my dreams and i think a really important part of that is that a lot of your manifestation has to do with your subconscious mind, which is 95% of your brain, right? Of and thoughts, so 95% of, of your thoughts are subconscious. So all that you're manifesting, and it can seem really hard to think, oh, I should just be focusing on the good and ignore the bad. It's not so much that you shouldn't re uh, that you should disconnect from reality and see that, yes, there are problems in day-to-day -day life, but noticing what your brain is naturally drawn towards and what you trying to uncover what your subconscious programming is believing and i think that's really really huge for manifestation as well i mean <laughs> we always gabby always jokes that i'm a rapid manifester that it's ridiculous but like i think a lot of it has to do with noticing your subconscious or at least for me noticing 
what my, uh, have doing so much work from the things she's taught me of what is my subconscious doing and what do I want to focus on. So like, yeah, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the, Hey, you know, the, what you said, the wired and tired is an interesting one because we do come from a health and fitness background. And as much as like, I want to initially say, okay, first we, Victor and I always call it stop the bleeding. You're wired and tired. So first you need to stop the bleeding, meaning you need to clean up your diet, cut out all your allergens, cut out the junk food, cut out the processed food, get a good night's sleep and move your body. And while yes, those are absolutely essentials to health. The more and more we study map of consciousness, belief systems, part of me is like, well, you could almost skip those. Are you saying, Robin, I don't have to eat good food and I don't have to exercise every day and I don't have to get a good night's sleep? No, you still need those things, but, but do those for a different reason. You can absolutely stop today and just reframe your thought process. If you are wired and tired, it's because you are reacting to a subconscious programming that tells you the only way to be worthy, the only way to be valued, the only way to uh, be successful, the only way to define your success, the only way to all these things is what you're doing is either like you have to work X amount of hours, you have to provide this this thing, you have to drive this car, you have to live in this house, you have to have to, there is a have to, that is making you wired and tired that truly you could stop right now today and say, F it. Like, that's not true. That's not my reality. I know we, we pretty much did it. We didn't do it overnight, but pretty darn close. And like, you can't completely be like, you know what? The material world will still be there, but I don't need it right now. I need this spiritual world, this energetic world, this like, like what we felt like when we walked to ice mm -hmm. lake. Right. Yeah. And it, it's interesting too, because if you want to talk about what health is really necessary in that interview, I was, I did like what Andy Kaufman said, and I think I'm getting this right. He said that there are only three causes of disease and that's starvation, um, t either poison or toxin he used, but poison is toxin. So, um, a poison or trauma. So now if you, if you look at those from like an obvious perspective, you're like, yes, you could starve to death. Yes, you can be literally poisoned. And yes, you can get a serious physical trauma in your body that can make, but then you have to look one step deeper. So then he goes and he talks about, well, starvation is if you're not giving your body the proper nutrients. So that's, well, that's where you actually have to eat foods that nourish you. If you literally just stuff your body with Doritos, with, with you're Doritos, starving yourself. Actually, and then it's also the second one. If you give yourself Doritos all the time, that's poison. It's literally a chemically uh, engineered product that's uh, but this is where like it's it. awesome to me i'm like i don't believe we don't believe in any specific um diet, diet how uh, other than like it's a whole food and uh victor's had a lot of issues with his hip the last couple of months and so for a while we're like well maybe you just need to try the carnivore diet i don't know like you you're, you're doing okay but maybe he's when he did have adrenal exhaustion it um you know, he ended up having to fix it. It took a really long time, but through diet and nutrition, could he have probably fixed it? Like I said, through instantaneous reprogramming of reprogramming of the subconscious mind, probably, but he wasn't ready and I didn't have the tools to teach it at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. but like we go like, then there's like Tommy John who's like joking. He's like eating grapes and they're like, oh my gosh, there are grapes the, or is that the, the, like, the new secret? Life. He's like, no, but they taste freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> like, grapes. <laughs> So, in well, short, what we're trying to tell you guys 
tying in one more thing here, is mindfulness is the key to health. And we're just watching this docu-series called Proven, which I think is really, really good if you're not so far, um, if you're not so uh, believing in this whole uh, you may have they think we're crazy. Medicine. If you <laughs> if think you we're crazy, if start there. Crazy, start with proven. Definitely, we'll link it below. But all, all of them for all the things, all the issues that they were talking about, mindfulness was one of the top things for all of them for healing your body and healing, um, for healing these po uh, problems. And it's because mindfulness is the simplest. I think is that. It puts us back in our calm state. We are too wired and tired, all of us. We can all agree on that. And that mindfulness literally reactivates that parasympathetic nervous state. It puts us back into our calm brain. It relaxes the body, and that improves everything. So if you can just start with mindfulness, that includes, like, that in within mindfulness, there's subconscious programmings that you unveil, feeling your emotions, notice, and then mindfully eating, mindfully moving, mindfully being mindful of your desires, that changes your life. Yeah. And so the last one I was going to touch on before, <laughs> um, before I interrupted was, um, you know, he talked about trauma, right? And so I was going to, one of the three things that causes disease is trauma and trauma. Like we, like we said, is also is part of our subconscious program. They're interwoven together. And I think, I know you talked about, there was one of the episodes of Proven where they talked about how all trauma is in some ways created equal, right? And the, the mind perceives them equally. You could have a little trauma or a big trauma, but in a lot of ways your brain attaches to them equally. Right. So whatever it is, you have to recognize that, oh, there is something, and we could just call it programming. You don't have to even call it trauma. There's something in deeply wired into my mind that I have a fear of, I have a discomfort associated with, or I have a resistance with. And so that's why in all of the master classes that we do or that I do, I tell people that you have to start with WTF journaling. You really do because that's the only way you're going to get to the root of what your programming or trauma is because it's not like you can sit here and listen to this and be like, oh, what's my trauma? You have to start by going, okay, what are the things that trigger me? You have to start asking yourself why those things trigger you, but you have to understand that it's going to go, it has to go back years and years and years until you find the source, um, source event or issue that created that preconceived notion. So it's like you notice it, it happens in your present reality, then maybe you'll start to notice another time that triggered you maybe a week ago. Then you think back to maybe a month ago when something like that triggered you. Then you think back to a year ago or the last five years, and then maybe you start working back far enough that you're like, okay, this is reoccurring, reoccurring, and then you eventually start to get those memories from your childhood to resurface because, you know, all of your memories from childhood are kind of like blurred, even the good ones, you know. You, you forget things, like we always laugh, like, oh, poor Jorian they're not going to remember Europe. Any, it doesn't matter, but like, it's hard to bring those memories back up. And there's this really powerful subconscious trigger that happens when you start to pay attention to the trigger in the present, it can help you bring to mind that trigger from the past. Yeah. To finish it out. Um, one of the other things, Dr. Bryce, uh, Bryce, Bruce, um, Lipton was talking about is how we think our genes control our biology. And that's like one of those other lies that allopathic medicine is kind of or maybe just mass media has ingrained in us that like everything's about genes 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 but really our thoughts um trump out outwit our our genes like we literally can change we might have this trauma we might have this past experience that we're holding on to but our current thoughts 
can negate that, can rewire it. And, you know, we'll repeat this over and over and over again, that, that in order to rewire something, you have to know what the existing wiring is so that it can be wired differently. Because if you don't know, it's just like the jail, the can't get out of a jail you don't know you're in. And so that rewiring uh, is really important. I, uh, we'll have to do next week. Maybe next week we'll do natal charts. But uh, while we were doing our long drive last night, I was reading back through my natal chart for just insight. I'm like, okay, well, what's, what's something that I could do? Because if I, if I go, you know, if you go down the trauma route, it's always painful, but at the same time, sometimes it doesn't take you anywhere. Some of your, like Victor will say like, oh great, now I just feel sorry for myself or like I accept it. Yeah, this, this sucked. Um, yes, I feel flawed, but like, but the energy required to rewire that and to, to think like, I'm amazing. And it, it's not easy. I'll tell you like a lot of times because whatever my control drama um, however that manifests, I notice it a lot in my relationship that I have to really like attach to like, I go, I, I'm consciousness passing through. I'm here to have fun. Like if I'm just consciousness passing through, like let's make it a party today. Why not? <laughs> and like, literally, I mean, it sounds silly. It sounds unrealistic, but, but it's kind of our realistic life. It's like every day we kind of wake up and I'm thinking in my head, yeah, there's fears. Yeah, there's like this control that I have to defeat internally. But, but shoot, if I'm only consciousness passing through and I only have another 50 years to how to enjoy it, why not drive through all of Nevada and be rock climbing in Tahoe tomorrow morning? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I think then there's a, I think there's a personality that that, that's more difficult for, for sure. For sure. Um, especially if you're talking Enneagram and then chakras, you'd be like, that's a lot, takes a lot more solar plexus activation. I and don't know. For sure. Like I was not like that when I was younger. If when I was at the, their age at 20 and 18, I was absolutely not this brave. So <laughs> it did also take a mix, but you're right. There was stuff that said in my in my natal chart, you are correct, that said. It is interesting too. And then you can go and be like a step further. You can probably get a key in on what your programming's are when you look at your natal chart. We used to like so not believe in any of this astrology stuff for reals. And now we're all we're all like obsessed with it. You guys are gonna be like, oh, yours are so woo-woo, you're so out there. Like we really did not believe in any of this stuff two yeah, years like ago. If you meet not... us, you better know your sun sign, moon sign, rising sign, and your north node. Okay. I actually think I'm convinced now that um because you know we do so much stuff on Enneagram and then we complain like everyone mistypes. That's why you need our precision personality hacker because you keep mistyping. But actually I think if you just look at your natal chart but maybe it's that we can analyze those so well. But I think your natal chart is like a huge insight into figuring out your Enneagram and your wing. Because it's like you read it and you're like, I couldn't, like for me personally, I could not be anything but a type 8 reading my natal chart. And my husband could not be anything but a type 2 reading his natal chart. You're I'm pretty sure I couldn't have been anything but a three. <laughs> and it, it's so great because my ego just loves it because it reinforces the fact that I'm like, they were born how they were born. It was nothing to do with how all I am is um, a medium or a, like, I basically have to create an environment for that energy to, to thrive. 
And that, that's that's a little hard with five different energies. But overall, I look at like, okay, I gotta. Every day, I'm thinking like, how can I how can I help her her three wing four thrive? How can I help? Really, you have to look at it as in a week, not in a day. You can't make everyone's personality thrive in a day. But over the course of a week, I think everybody gets a chance to thrive. Yeah, I think what's funny too is when you look at your natal chart. I almost feel this is gonna be like more. <laughs> I feel like your enneagram um, is. You know, we talk so much on our YouTube channel about how much, and you talk about this in your empowerment framework, how much you have to play to your Enneagram. But I almost feel like the Enneagram is the product of our of our uh, weaknesses. And now granted, like, I guess you're supposed to say okay, your yeah, Enneagram is the product of your strengths. Mm -hmm. But I almost feel that the Enneagram is just like saying, hey, walk, walk toward the gate, but stop at the bridge. Like, the Enneagram is just the bridge to get to the side that you're trying to get towards. I see. And I, and I think, like, well, I say this with, with Myers-Briggs even more because I don't like how much my Myers-Briggs limits me. In, um, but Enneagram 2, to an extent, can also be the same idea. And I think may, maybe all personality archetype systems is this, and so it's not just one thing. But the idea of it is that, oh, you could have, this was... <laughs> your natal chart can tell you what Enneagram you're going to be, but that's duh, because the Enneagram is, everyone has an Enneagram, and any, everyone has this struggle that they're going to have to overcome to become this most ideal version of themselves. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a good one to, way to close this. I think that was a good one. I, did you, I hope you stuck with us to the end, because we presented a lot of things, and yeah, we... Um, we're probably weird and woo-woo, but like come on, you're gonna, we're going to help you live in amazing... If you guys want to hear the more, more logical versions of all the things that we just said, we'll link the resources for all the doctors, the quote-unquote doctors that actually said these Do things. Do you guys know, too, the coolest thing, I think, is like all these doctors, Dr. Tommy John and Dr. Andrew Kaufman, they're all like... You can take my DR back. I don't really want to be associated <laughs> well, with that. Don't call me doctor. Do you know how doctor cool, too, doctor. if you want to be like, if you're really following us and you're like, yeah, 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 I see what you guys are saying. Yeah, I totally believe it. Is consider this. You will be your own doctor in the next decade, I think. Whoa. So crazy. You're going to be the first person to think about your health. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's almost like you know your body better than anyone else. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Thanks, you guys. Love ya. <laughs>